0: Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon.
1: Hi, I'm Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat, a podcast providing funeral professionals with insight to current industry topics, news, and trends. Today we're going to get a little bit off track and we're going to actually um, visit with my friend John Thomas Grant, who is a celebrated cemetery photographer and co-founder of The Passion Project. Welcome, John.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Nancy. Very happy to be here on Funeral Directors Chat. Appreciate the opportunity that you're giving me and Rick and United Priority. Happy to be here.
1: Thank you. And you know Rick Fraser is a great um, fan of yours, and he's also a cemetery photographer. So we have a personal interest in chatting with you as well. We'd like to kind of get into your head and find out what your experiences are and, um, and why you do what you do.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yes, I, I, uh, uh, I've come across quite a number of cemetery photographers like Rick. I had no idea when I first started that there were so many out there that, that had this uh, love of cemeteries and, and, and the peace and serenity that they contain. So I was quite surprised. I have quite a few fans that are cemetery photographers.
1: Oh, I'm sure you do. I've seen them on Facebook. John, when did you first start photographing um, cemeteries and monuments?
0: Well, I started, it's quite a recent event. I spent 30 years in the music business. I had a camera by my side for some other shots, but I I never thought at the time that cemeteries will be uh, my passion, if you will. But it's a most recent event within the last six, seven years, actually. And it all started with my my fascination, my love, my adventure in genealogy, as, as, uh, as most people that are introduced to cemeteries will start through the search for family tree. And that's the way it started with me. So when I got all the information I needed from the living, with pencil, paper, and camera, and I marched off to see the dead. And that was in New York. I lived in New York for quite some time. I was actually born and bred in New York. And one of, the, one of the places where my family, uh, or many of my family are interred, is the old Calvary Cemetery in Queens, New York. So there I went.
1: Oh, I know Calvary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a gorgeous place. It's a real unknown gem in New York, as a matter of fact. I have a lot of family there. So I went there to take pictures of the stones um, and that mark their grave and get dates. I and mean, a lot of the living had forgotten much of the information so what the living weren't willing or couldn't tell me the dead were more than happy to to speak of and that's where i went once there i was drawn into the peaceful peacefulness uh, and the serenity of the cemetery i was struck by many images and visions i just i had an epiphany i guess you would say regarding uh, uh, being in the cemetery and uh, and i started from that point so I, I guess within the last six seven years i can't tell if it's more of a photographer's eye i had I'd retired from the music business and i was looking for something else creative to take its place if you will mm-hmm. so uh i guess i had a bit of a photographer's eye so i started composing pictures and um I also found, I guess you could say, a newfound sense of life and mortality, so I shot a few pics, especially at Old Calvary, and my family seemed to like what I was shooting, and they said, very nice, very nice indeed, and so I started a little gallery on the internet, and people started to, uh, people started to drop by and see what I was doing and it got bigger and bigger and I got a little bigger gallery and then in 2009 before I knew it I had slightly less than 200,000 hits. Wow. So somebody out there, yeah, tell me about it. I was quite surprised counting those numbers. I had a couple hundred thousand hits nearly and and, uh, there are a lot of people out there that were liking my images and telling me about their experiences in cemeteries and their families and And just stories of how when they were younger, parents used to take them to the cemetery and walk around and talk about the stories. And, you know, between the birth date and the death date, there's life. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to reflect. When I first started shooting cemeteries six, seven years ago, I had no idea anybody did shoot cemeteries. I thought I was, if you will, quote unquote, freak of nature. Uh, To be honest with you, shooting cemeteries, how how creepy can that get? Uh, But I've come to learn that there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people out there that have a great appreciation, and they've really flocked around my work. They've really come to to admire my stuff, and, and I'm most gratified by the attention my work's getting. I do get a lot of hits on my work. And uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to know, and so much so thrilled, that, that uh, last year, uh, at the beginning of the year, September, around March, I was approached by a publishing company, Schiffer Publishing. They want to put out a coffee table book of my work. So I was, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, if you will.
1: No, that's great.
0: Yeah, no, it's wonderful.
1: John, let me ask you an obvious question. Sure. Why Cemeteries, why grave monuments? Because you, can, you have a wonderful eye and you could shoot anything. You could shoot any subject matter. What drew you to cemeteries in particular?
0: I found walking through cemeteries the, the stories of the dead, the feelings of the dead, the fact that, that they too at one point were living and loving. And, and going about their lives on a day-to-day basis, like myself, like yourself and everyone listening, they too had a life. I shot what aroused my feelings, my emotions, uh, anything that aroused my sense of human f- familiarity. Uh, and I'll explain that by saying that life is essentially increments of time and a lot of my pictures, to be honest with you, are almost autobiographical. I started to see things that, that brought me back to another time in my life, a, a moment in my life. And I'll, I'll give a couple of for instances.
1: Okay.
0: I have a picture of a husband and wife stone that I shot in Massachusetts. Now, that may not seem so odd, but the husband stone is actually leaning up against the wife stone, and she's standing quite straight. And, and, and to most people, they probably just pass it by, I suspect. But to me, you know, it just reminded me of my family. I have another picture of four stones. One of them's a mom's stone, and she's leaning in the direction of three little stones, and they're leaning in her direction, and it was just very sentimental, very emotional for me. So those are the pictures, basically, that I look for in the field.
1: So it's an emotional journey of life and death. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a reminder of, of the life, the precious life that we have. And that's what I would like for, for people to also get from my work. I mean, I get a lot of emails from various folks about how my work affects them. And that, that too is an emotional journey. And I'll read some of those in a little later, but an amazing, it's been an amazing ride. I must say, it's been an amazing emotional ride. It's just given me a new vitality and the preciousness of life and, and a new outlook on things. So,
1: well, John, do you have any favorite cemeteries?
0: Uh of course I lived for 20 years or thereabouts in Brooklyn and you can't get any better than than greenwood that's my home away from home I don't know how often I've, I've how many times I've been to that place and some of my finest pictures come out of there mm-hmm. I when I, you know I, as I mentioned earlier I didn't start terribly long ago so I have not traveled that far in pursuit of the pictures and I mean there's still life in a I'm still trying to get my photography to a point where it it could be a a form of subsistence, if you will. So, uh, and I'm hoping with the book out that that will take place. But in the meantime, I've been locked into the Northeast. So some of my favorites, obviously, New York and Greenwood. And as I mentioned earlier, Old Calvary, which is the, the hidden gem where my family is, and uh, the place I, I consider Eternity's Ellis Island. I mean, all, all the uh, um, uh, immigrants, I mean, I guess the place is uh, packed with immigrants, and, and a lot of all my uh, relatives were. Came over in the late, 19, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, and Woodlawn. I can't forget Woodlawn up in the Bronx with its majestic mausoleums, it's incredible, uh, incredible. But also, and I lived for a time in Rockport, Massachusetts, so Mount Auburn, the First Garden Cemetery, and then the old New England cemeteries, of course, so the little roadside cemeteries I love so much.
1: I grew up in New York as well, and I lived down the street from a cemetery, and um... I have fond memories of Calvary, Greenwood, Woodlawn. They're really beautiful cemeteries, as well as the ones in Massachusetts. Have you been to the one in Salem, Massachusetts?
0: Yeah, the Burying Point. Yep. Yeah, there are a few in there. There's Greenlawn, there's Harmony Grove in, in Salem that I, I enjoy so much. And uh, the Burying Point in Midtown. Yeah, I've been there. I have a couple of pictures that uh, are quite popular. I know a lot of people look at cemeteries for the history and maybe even the the mystery, the paranormal and such. I pretty much go to find those stories, ways of expressing that life once was, and ways of expressing the little increments of time I spoke about earlier. The stuff that makes me feel, stuff that makes me, re- re- the stuff that makes reminds me that I'm alive.
1: Now, John, do you have a lot of funeral directors who are interested in your art?
0: I have everything from funeral directors through paranormal, through uh, life-fulfilling speakers and, and life-enrichment speakers and, and steampunkers and all kind of the gothic crowd, and, and I, I, have, I have a lot of everybody that's coming on board that's finding admiration for my work. The one absolute that we all have is that we're all alive and to me if one person feels that's me then everyone's going to feel looking at my work or anything for that matter so
1: now do you have a lot of unusual epitaphs that you've seen on gravestones
0: well in my book and if i, I can cut to that then because yeah sure. i have yeah i have uh my first publication as i said i had a pretty good fan base and you know, people talk to people, and you know, they, they've recommended my work. And next thing I know, I had I had a publishing company approach me regarding uh, Schiffer Publishing, uh, regarding putting out uh, a book. And I had been working on, prior to that, and the reason for their attention, I had been working on the concept of a book that I call Final Thoughts. Mm-hmm. Final Thoughts is a synthesis of my photographic work and epitaphs. So I, uh, they love the idea. And, and right now I designed it all last year, gave them the artwork, gave them the manuscript essentially back in uh, uh, November. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry, gave it back to them. Um, yeah, November, November 2nd, I dropped it off. And their design department is now working with what I I gave them. It's going to be 225 pictures and figure about 275 epitaphs. Wow. So it's actually one of the first, if not the first, book that is going to be a hardcover coffee table style book on cemetery photography. So uh, I'm very proud of that fact that uh, it's gonna be one of few if I, I don't I can't really name any other books that on the subject that is strictly cemetery photography in that kind of style, a coffee table book. So it's a synthesis of my work and epitaphs. Mm-hmm. And some of the epitaphs uh they were all collected by me at various locations on the Northeast. And I've tried to I tried so earnestly to to associate a proper epitaph with a feeling of a picture but some of the epitaphs might, you know, there, there are some extremely familiar epitaphs and remember me as you pass by as you are now so once was I as I am now so you must be Prepare for death and follow me and that one's from 1836 yeah. or thereabout. Yeah, yeah I mean that's that's a standard epitaph you find that on, a, on quite a number of stones uh I have everything from, and then you have some more heart-rending epitaphs. Rest, loved one, rest. Love could not keep thee here. Goodbye. That's from 1872.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then one of my most popular pictures, I, I, you're probably familiar with, is the stone. I, I, the statue I shot at, at Greenwood with the autumn leaves around it, the red autumn leaves, and the epitaph, and the, 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 the angel is bent over the crypt, and uh, the, the epitaph there was, was hard to give thee up, but I, I have 275, some, to about at least 275 epitaphs in there, and uh, 225 pictures, so I'm thrilled about that.
1: That's very nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a simple book. And the one thing, uh, it's, its not many words. It's strictly epitaphs, pictures, full-page pictures for the most part. There are a couple of pages where they are doubled up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the introduction, or the, I'm sorry, I wrote an introduction for it. And, but I also had, and I'm quite proud of this, and most appreciative and gratified is I had Doug Keister. He he offered to write the foreword for my book. He's absolutely another big fan of mine. Doug wrote Stories in Stone, which is the, I guess, a cemetery enthusiast Bible. And uh, he offered to, I asked him, and he said, yeah, he didn't even think about it. He said, sure, I, I love your work. Yeah, I just shoot pictures, but you shoot uh, novellas. You, you know, every picture tells a story, but your, your stories uh, speak novellas, he said. I'd be happy to write the forward. So I'm thrilled.
1: That's great praise. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, from Doug, that's wonderful. Yes. I mean, he's, he's numero uno in my book, in the book of many other people
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, that are interested in this. So, yeah, I was, I was quite happy and thankful.
1: Usually I talk about different things from embalming to funeral celebrants to all different aspects of the funeral services industry. And today I wanted to chat with you because I think that you are an integral part of that um, journey as well. Because you tell the story at end of life. Um, after everything's said and done, after the person decedent is interred, you go back and you kind of like let them have a second voice, let them have a second life um, as it was.
0: Exactly. And I'm going to read something to you from something that was sent to me, which relates to what you're talking about. Great. Uh, written to me by a fan in an email. John, your use of your art the beauty of the images and the power evoked by the written words will do more. And She's talking about my book. We'll do, we'll do more for cemetery preservation than any group, website, or individual could hope to aspire to. We all have relied on records, cemetery caregivers, history books, etc., and etc. Using your art form and talents, bring people to life. Give them names, personalities, and makes us all ponder their personal stories and wonder who they were as people. You act as a catalyst to allow these graves to speak and thus be befriended. All lovers of beauty and the human condition will surely buy your book and pass it on to relatives and friends. Consider your work as an investment in the future for these cemeteries. You are the best caregiver they could ask for. From one dedicated to cemetery preservation, I thank you. It was lovely.
1: Beautiful. Very beautiful.
0: It's stunning, and I would like that to happen. Ben Franklin once said, show me your cemeteries, and I'll tell you what kind of people you have. So I've put all my efforts into... You know, bringing folks back to the cemeteries mm-hmm. like they did back in the day in the Victorian times—it was a social gathering. They were parks. They were museums. There was respect for the their their deceased relations. It was it was a place to meet, a place to love, a place to feel alive. And I that I would do that. That's, that's, that's what I would like to see happen. When I was living in, in Rockport, Massachusetts recently, over the last few years, I would go and I would you know, pick up a sandwich or a hero. And they, have a, they have a cavalry cemetery, and there's a little kid's section there. I guess there's some 50 graves, and it's just kids. And I'd take my sandwich and go sit with the kids. And I'd like people to see that for a variety of different reasons, to, to not forget, number one. And, and, and the other thing is to feel a greater appreciation for their own lives, understand how precious it is, and that it should be lived to its fullest, its fullest potential. I, I, I just, I'd like to see that.
1: No, that's beautiful. And, and we, all, we all have a part in um, the transitional process um, from helping people. At the time that uh, people get older and are diagnosed, you know, through hospice, uh, right. through the funeral services process after their decease. And you mm-hmm. tell the final story, which is really beautiful. And it's so necessary because, as you said, um, you know, a lot of the cemeteries, people are not really um, enjoying them the way we did many years ago.
0: Right. No, they're not. They're certainly not. I'd like to see that. And I think it's slowly coming around. I'm seeing a transition. I'm, I'm finding more and more people looking at my work and the work of others mm-hmm. and, and deciding to, to make that extra step to go to a cemetery to, to perhaps revisit or pick a weed or, or mm-hmm. just learn and, and feel the preciousness of their existence, you know, to, to, to find their talents, to, to live to that full potential, as they live right now and have no great expectation of what is to come, but live for now. And I'm seeing that more and more. And I'm I'm hoping final thoughts and some of the other titles I'm working with over time will, will uh, uh, give that or provide that, that mentality to people to, you know, just to get them to feel their breath and, and, and understand and feel their senses and, and make the best of what they have.
1: Well, your book is coming out um, at the end of 2011, Final Thoughts.
0: Right, October, uh, sometime around October, yep.
1: Okay, and it's published by Schiffer, S-C-H-I-S-F-E-R Publishing. Correct. And we'll, cer- we'll certainly let our listeners know when your book does come out, so we can pay final homage to your life's work here.
0: Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Nancy.
1: And John, if um, any of the listeners would like to get in contact with you or would like to see, I know you do sell your work. I've seen it on Facebook and online as well. If, any, if anyone would like to, um, you know, to find your work, to, to appreciate it, or perhaps uh, to purchase it for um, their funeral home or for their own residence, how can they get in touch with you?
0: Well, they can get in touch with me through the website, which is Mm-hmm. That's, again, johnthomasgrant.com. They could also reach me at uh, the, we have the Facebook page, the Passion Projects. They could reach me through there. I also have a, a personal uh, Facebook page um, called Design. C-E-M-D-E-S-I-G-N-S. I'd be happy to acknowledge her.
1: We look forward to your book, and I certainly look forward to seeing some of your new photographs in the upcoming months.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to read one final farewell, if I may. It's
1: Absolutely. You had mentioned
0: earlier, yeah, you had mentioned earlier about uh, uh, some of the epitaphs that are in my book, and this was one I I, I got off a stone in, in Mount Hope in Rochester, and I thought it's so appropriate uh, for life and 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 my pursuit and my understanding of my work when I'm out shooting, it goes something like this. It might be familiar to some folks. Scatter me not to restless winds, nor toss my ashes to the sea. Remember now those years gone by when loving gifts I gave to thee. Remember now the happy times, the family ties we shared. Don't leave my resting place unmarked as though you never cared. Deny me not one final gift for all to come and see, a single lasting proof that says I loved and you loved me.
1: We really appreciate you taking the time today to to chat with us and to tell us about why you do what you do and, and how you create the beautiful art that you do create.
0: Well, Thank you so much, Nancy. I appreciate that. It's been a wonderful time speaking with you. All right. Thanks. United Priority Distributors offers an extensive catalog of unique and exclusive cremation urns, including artistic urns, veterans' memorials, and brass urns that can be engraved and shipped the same day. For more information, visit unitedpriority.com.